Hey, this is Taylor Shrek. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Taylor Shrek. Taylor is an accomplished sales professional and director of client success at a software company in St. Louis, Missouri. She is passionate about continuous growth and development. She made a life-changing investment in herself a year and a half ago and began NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming Training, and working with a coach. Shifting her mindset has allowed her to create monumental success in many areas of life, especially mental, physical, and financial health. Feeling empowered and wildly excited for her future, this 30-something is designing her best life each and every day. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation today with Taylor. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or maybe you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify blind spots, increase accountability, and take you, your business, your success, and your bank account to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Taylor, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I am too. You know, I am so excited for uh, our listeners to get to know you. You, uh, you are a different breed of guest that I usually have on the show. You know, I usually have self-employed or business owners or entrepreneurs on on the show, and I know that that is your focus. However, your success journey in corporate America has been phenomenal. And reality is sales happens in every environment. Success happens in every environment. And your journey is one that really needs to be heard, understood, and learned because it doesn't matter if you're selling yourself or selling for someone else. It all requires the same skill sets, mindsets, and capabilities. So let's talk about your journey in corporate America and climbing that ladder. I know that you didn't start out where you're at, right? Correct. Yes. <laughs> you, uh, you jumped into the, the pool of becoming an entrepreneur and then kind of pulled back and went, eh, I don't know if I like this. So how about we start with, with your journey in getting you to where you are today? Sure. 
So um, I'm going to go even before that entrepreneurial um, experiment, if you will. (laughs) Um, Coming right out of college, I went to work for a big corporation and human resources, and I hit the ground running. I, you know, I've I've naturally been successful in every workspace. Um, I got a job the day I turned 15 and I've never really looked back. You know, uh, hard work ethic has always been something I was naturally blessed with um, from both of my parents. And out of college, I started in that human resources position and was continually, continuously giving it my all and being promoted, you know, kind of left and right. I held five different titles in um, four and a half years. And so I, you know, was seeing success, quote unquote, by society's definition in that environment. Um, what I started to realize around 25, 26 was I had success again by society's definition, and I didn't necessarily like myself or know myself. Mm. And I was so desperate to get out of the environment that I was in, not knowing myself and not being congruent with my mindset, then I thought it was an environment thing when really it ended up being a me thing. (laughs) Um, And I was so desperate and I was away motivated. I was just so sick of being in that environment that I kind of took the first opportunity that was presented to me to get out. Mm -hmm. And that was um, being a financial advisor. You know, being a financial advisor was one of my biggest, I think, failures and also one of my biggest successes because of the things I took away from that experience. Mm -hmm. I was really incongruent with the work, you know, to put it to put it plainly. I'm not interested in it. I I have no interest. You know, I um, passed my my test and my um, licensing and all that. And Mm -hmm. um at the end of the day, I, you know, I brought on new clients. I was starting my business and the more and more I went on, I, I felt like I was lying to myself and I was lying to my prospective clients because I was not interested in that role. Mm. And the way that that role ended was not one that my, um, recovering perfectionist self would have wanted that to end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and it did, and it ended the way it did. It ended abruptly. And that was the biggest blessing because I got to take a month and a half to really take the time to find out what do I want to do and who am I? Mm -hmm. And in that month and a half is when I started my NLP journey. Wow. Well, when I, when I met you, when I met you, you were still in financial advising when Mm -hmm. I first met you. And then when you came to class, you were in a totally different career. You know, you jumped into uh, corporate America. So, so let's talk about your journey in corporate America. You know, some, some people, some people would say, wow, she sold out. She, she, she left entrepreneurism and went to corporate America, but that's the direct opposite of what you did. You didn't sell out. You turned around and combined passions where you really found something that you love to do, right? That's going to elevate you, take you, your life, your career, all of that to the next level. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? You're getting an immense amount of tools and skill sets and knowledge today that 
will pay you tenfold or more tomorrow, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so your journey in corporate America, mm-hmm. so you, you jumped out of financial advising and did you just walk into a lavish position or did you start at the bottom and find the first rung on the ladder and climb your way up? Yeah. So kind of both. Um, I started at, I would say like a mid level. So, you know, I had had years of experience going in. Mm-hmm. So it was far from an entry level role at the, at the software company that I'm at now. Um, it was a client success manager role. It was essentially um, an account manager role. And that role itself has evolved over time. And I have been able to kind of roll with the punches there and stay at that top level of performance. And then most recently, I was promoted to director of client success. Mm-hmm. Um, so less than two years, you know, now I'm, I'm directing a department and leading a team of client success managers because I was able to achieve such high levels of success right out of the gate. Nice. Nice. So what do you attribute all your success to? Mindset, which is which rolls back to investing in myself. Um, you know, when I started my NLP neurolinguistics programming journey, I started that for business. That was my initial motivation to join. I was going to join that as a financial advisor to get some tools in my tool belt to be the best financial advisor I could be. And like we just talked about, you know, by the time I actually started classes, I had a new job and that was, and so when I showed up and everyone's talking about entrepreneurism and you know, how they're going to learn all this stuff for their business. I was like, what am I going to do here? And it was the (laughs) biggest blessing ever for me because I got to dive in to working 110% on myself. Um, I got to know myself better than I ever had before. Um, I realized there was a major gap in the self-worth, self-love space investing in myself to get to know myself and build up a healthy mindset is what I attribute my professional success to. Mm. I ran for years on a not healthy mindset. And while I said earlier, you know, by society standards, I was successful. In my standards, I was not successful. I was not happy. I was not uh, taking care of myself. I was, um, you know, really burning the candle at both ends. And that was not sustainable. And I think that's what we saw with my transition over time. Mm-hmm. Um, really starting this client success, which is, which is a fancy term for sales <laughs> um, <laughs> role, account management, I should say, at this software company um, was really when I started to get to know myself and put that investment in myself. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, you know, the more healthy boundaries that I put in place, the more um, care and love that I give back to myself, the more I see my sales go up, the more I see money in my pocket. Yeah. You know, they're directly correlated and there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. No, you know, we always say the personal drives the professional, so the professional can serve the personal. Mm-hmm. And that's why we when we train neurolinguistics programming, we train it from a holistic approach. We do the yin and the yang, right? We do the, the life and the business. So we, we know, we believe that you have to do the internal work for the outer to ever work. And we do that by, so that you can understand yourself 
And once you understand yourself and then, and then understand the mind chatter, the itty bitty shitty committee, the programming, the strategies, the motivational, all of that, when you understand all of that and you can apply to self, you can also then look externally and then understand it in others and then apply to others. Plus it, it elevates our communication, it elevates our belief system, it elevates our values, it elevates everything to align ourselves, right? So, so let's talk about the, the tailor that I met a few years ago versus the tailor today. Does success mean the same thing to you today that it did before? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> um, it's different. So, you know, a few, a, a couple years ago, I guess now, you know, I was defining success by those societal standards. I had all of these things, which I now know were limiting beliefs um, that I was doing okay or good enough for X age, you know, through those last years of my 20s. Mm -hmm. That was, um, that's what I was comparing to. I was living a mediocre life and I was justifying that I was successful because of those limiting beliefs. And now success is so much more than my salary or my, um, you know, where I live or what I'm able to do in the, in the professional sphere. Success to me is that I love myself again. I do believe I did, you know, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhere I took a little break. <laughs> and that is success to me. You know, I bounce out of bed every morning to do my job because I don't view it as a job because I get to be me and I get to work with people where I empower them to be them. Mm -hmm. And I work with clients who I treat as people. And, you know, we just have discussions. We have conversations all day, every day. My job is so much fun because I get to be me and that all gets back. That all goes back to that self-love and that success to me. Mm, I love that. So let, let's talk about how NLP has, has opened up the door for you to not only help yourself, but help others, right? You now run a team, right? Mm -hmm. how, how does this help you with, with your team dynamics? Yeah, so um, one of my favorite things that I talk about with my team all the time. And they're probably like, okay, Taylor, like you've told us a thousand times <laughs> is um, what we focus on grows. Mm -hmm. And if we're focusing on those clients that, you know, we're not serving or that we're underserving or that are mad and sad and, and upset or whatever, that's what we're going to get. We're going to reproduce a bunch of that. Yeah. If we're focused on those client interactions and those sale, de the deals that we're closing and, you know, what new opportunities are coming across our desks and which ways we're going to help our clients every single day, that's what's going to grow. And, you know, before I was promoted into a director position, that's how I did my job. You know, I spent little to no time dwelling on the little things. They're little things. And you know what? I have all of the power in the world to step in and redirect that um, relationship, that that interaction mm -hmm. at any point in time. And so I think what we focus on grows is, you know, I had never heard that in um, until NLP. Mm -hmm. And so that was really helpful. 
I think the other piece that is really helpful and important is um, being at cause or being in effect. And again, I attribute that to my individual success and my team's success. Um, we spend like, again, we spend little to no time dwelling on the external factors. What can we do today, tomorrow, next week, next year to set us up for continued success? Mm -hmm. Because the only thing that we can control is ourselves and our actions and our strategy and our planning and our delivery. And, um, you know, anytime I feel like we're, we're leaning too much on the external causes or reasons or excuses, eh, <laughs> let's get back to what can we do about it? Yeah. You know, you, um, you said you get up and jump out of bed because to, to go to work, cause you don't feel like you're going to a job, right? Let's, let's talk about that comfort zone because it doesn't matter if you have a job, a career, if you have a business, if you're self-employed, if you're an independent sales contractor, that comfort zone can be quicksand, right? Yeah. So, so let's talk about how your comfort zone impacted you and then how getting out of your comfort zone impacted you. Yeah. So in regard to my comfort zone, um, as a client success manager, um, I was kind of knocking my goals out of the park, like, you know, to compare myself to my, my to my peers, it, it was in a, I was in a different bracket. I was knocking my goals out of the park. They were easy. I could have rode that horse for a long time. <laughs> you know, I was, I was making good money and I was successful and, you know, by definition and um, my leadership team was pleased. And I knew that I had more to offer myself. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was, that was comfortable. Like the, and, and comfortable to me is boring. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's not entertaining. It's not, you know, I like to have continuous challenges. And that's not to say that that environment was not challenging. Of course, you know, there's new client situations, there's new sales deals, there's, there's different things that were challenging on the on a day to day basis. Um, but in the in the big picture. I wasn't being challenged to think, to connect, to plan, to strategize, to lead. I mm -hmm. missed coaching and leading others. And so you know, taking, taking the time to reflect on that and realize like what I wasn't, why I wasn't feeling fully fulfilled. I just brought that conversation up to my leadership team and was like, you know what, I, I think I'm ready for more. I know I'm ready for more. Um, you know, here are the ways that I've demonstrated the things that you're looking for in a leadership role. What can we do about it? And we started putting the plan together. You know, I started working with our chief customer officer as her direct mentee. And she started mentoring me and, you know, three months in, we were ready. There was my position waiting for me. Nice. Nice. So, so how many salespeople do you work with now? Do I directly manage or do I work with a do team of, a team of four? Awesome. Now, how many, how many salespeople do you work with then? We have a team of 11. Okay. So you're surrounded by all different types, skill sets, mindsets, right? Uh, expertise, seniority. In your opinion, what makes a salesperson a good salesperson? And in your opinion, 
what makes a salesperson not such a good salesperson? Sure. I might have to think on this one a little. Um, <laughs> so I think a good salesperson has to have high levels of emotional intelligence, mm. you know, kind of evaluating who, who sees higher level of success and who doesn't really goes back to that EQ. Um, being able to meet people where they are and being able to respond versus reacting, you know, takes a high level of emotional intelligence to be able to listen for those cues and intuitively listen and, and listen for what people are saying and sharing with you and what's behind that, that they're actually saying and sharing with you. Mm. Um, what makes somebody not a good salesperson <laughs> is I think truly it's that motivation factor of what are you, what's the purpose of this for you? Um, I think it's as cliche as it sounds, it's that used car dealership kind of yeah. vibe. You know, yeah. if your product pushing, if your sole goal is to hit a dollar amount to fill your pockets, I think that comes off and that, you know, that's what, that's what clients and, and prospective clients receive. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that makes a bad salesperson. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're showing up for that win lose, then, then if either one of a few things is going to happen, the prospective client is going to feel it, know it and move on, or they're going to buy anyway, and then end up having remorse or, or, or they'll be not happy. And both of which are, are very dangerous positions for any company to deal with, with a customer, because with with the age of instantaneous information you know there there's always been a rule of thumb in sales and that rule of thumb is you have to do 10 things right for one person to know about it you do one thing wrong and 10 people will know about it and that was before the information highway right yeah. so yeah. now when someone has has buyer's remorse or regret or they're dissatisfied or anything it just takes one tag, one tag and, and you're done, right? Yeah. So you brought up a huge buzzword and that buzzword's EQ, mm -hmm. emotional intelligence. So in your opinion, what is emotional intelligence and how does it impact uh, someone's success in selling? So I think there's two kind of factors of emotional intelligence. I think there's the emotional intelligence within yourself. So you have to be able to judge and know your feelings and your thoughts and your ability to interact and communicate both verbally and non-verbally with other people. Mm -hmm. So getting to be, you know, having strong EQ for your own emotions is one thing. And then having that for the other people. So, you know, being able to realize that the people you're communicating with are human mm -hmm. and yeah. there is a level to communicating with another human that requires that high level of EQ, which is really stopping to understand that, you know, we all get up the same way every day. We put our pants on the same way, you know, we're, we're human. They're going through things in their lives, both personally and professionally, 
that are really impacting the way that our relationship goes. Mm -hmm. And so being able to relate to somebody and hear that and being able to slow down enough to intuitively listen to what they're saying and also what they're not saying, but they're saying, um, that is what, that's why emotional intelligence is important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it requires humility too. I think that is really, it's really skipped over. It's really looked over sometimes in a sales environment is Mm -hmm. it's okay to be human and to say things like, you know, I don't know that right now and I will get back to you. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to say, you know, I messed up. And it's okay to say those things. And that all I think is included in emotional intelligence as well. Hmm. What thing, what, what is it? And and I agree wholeheartedly. What is it that, that you think prevents people from saying I messed up or I don't know that, uh, you know, because I, I have my opinion on it. I'm really curious as to what yours is. Yeah. I think there's a few things that go into that. I think the biggest is ego. You know, you're afraid for somebody, people are afraid for somebody to know that um, they don't know it all. You know, they're afraid that one wrong move is going to lose them the deal or lose them the next step or whatever that may be. That goes in, that goes way outside of sales too. Mm -hmm. Um, Letting that ego get in the way. I also think, um, you know, for a lot of people, especially my, I think in my age and my generation, there's a lot of imposter syndrome that happens. Yeah. And people, you know, are, are constantly, we're in this social media environment where, you know, we grew up from our um, teen years is when Facebook, you know, came on the scene. And so really since high school, we've been plugged into social media mm-hmm. and that has taught us to compare. We compare ourselves continuously to other people, whether they're whether we know them or whether we don't know them, they could be strangers on the internet. And what that has done, I think is created imposter syndrome, especially for our generation, because we really stop and and question sometimes, like, am I really like supposed to be here? Am I really, (laughs) you know, who let me do this? (laughs) Like who, you know, and now doing all the mindset work that I've done and self-love work that I've done, I know I'm worthy to be everywhere that I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but not everyone knows that. And so, um, I think, I think those two things go into it. So let's hit that ego because, you know, it's funny because the, the, the two, the two points you hit were my personal opinion. So, So, so number one, ego, you know, when someone leads with their ego, they're putting self first and they're actually hiding behind something. And, and when they're leading with that ego, they miss out every opportunity to learn, connect, uh, truly evolve to, to their next transformative level. And ego can come across as arrogance. Ego can come across as stupidity. Ego can come across as blindness or, or self-centered. And, and reality is that may be the furthest from the person's intention. However, that, that, that fear of someone really getting to know who they are they feel like they have to hide. So they hide behind something, you know, that mask. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes people wear ego as a mask. I'm going to show up. 
I'm going to show up how I think you need to see me or want to see, right? And imposter syndrome, you know, imposter syndrome is a real thing. Imposter syndrome is hitting every generation, you know, and and I think a big part of that, I, I, I believe you're absolutely correct. A big part of that is people are spending so much time comparing themselves to the performance of other people. Mm-hmm. They're spending so much time, you know, on social media and seeing, seeing other people's, I'm going to say in, in, in air quotes, successes, right? Just because someone drives a Range Rover doesn't mean they can afford that Range Rover. Yep. Right? Just because someone's sporting a Rolex or, or a Philippe or anything, does not mean they can afford it, right? It just means they have a credit card with a decent balance. You know, what we see, what we see on social media isn't always the truth, right? right. Uh, it, it, photography is beautiful with illusion. And, and I, I actually um, have a friend who has a very high level of success and before she ever, ever really achieved success, she went out and, and had a photo shoot. And the photo shoot was w- with a rental Lamborghini and a rental plane, a jet on, on an airstrip. And you know the whole thing cost her five grand, give or take, right? But the pictures that it created and the illusion that it created made her well, let's just say multiple commas. <laughs> yeah. Because people buy into that because they need to, they want to. But what happens is they forget who they are. They forget their journey. You know, the only person you have a right comparing yourself to is who you were yesterday and who you want to be tomorrow. And as long as you stay steadfast with that focus, your journey will be an empowering journey. I love that. So let's talk about um, that, that self-love part of your journey, right? How has that really, really impacted you? Yeah, so, so in the past, up until recently, um, I have struggled with weight. Um, I have struggled with um, really taking care of myself mentally and physically. And, you know, similar theme as we talked about before, um, being in effect, Mm -hmm. I, I, I thought I was doing enough or doing what I was supposed to do because I was making the money that I was making and I had a house and I, you know, paid my bills and I had friends and all these things that you're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to do to society. Mm -hmm. And I just had a wake up call one day and be like, you know, I, I do not feel well, I don't feel like my best self. Mm -hmm. And um, making the investment that I did in NLP, and then also working with a health and lifestyle coach, I really boiled that down to it wasn't a it wasn't a weight issue. It wasn't a health issue by medical standards, I'm healthy. You know, I don't have any scary things relating to Mm -hmm. any of my, any of my health tests. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same time, I didn't feel good. And to me, 
that meant I wasn't healthy. And so um, what I boiled that down to, really the root cause of all that was the self-love part. I didn't feel worthy enough to value my health and to prioritize my health. And I didn't see the connection between real life harmony and success to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I made that shift and here, and here's another thing we, that, you know, we learn in NLP is toward and away from motivation. I was so away motivated in my health journey that I said time and time again, I was living that start, stop, start, stop. You know, I would make, I would make a little progress and then go backwards, make a little progress and then go backwards. Um, because I was away motivated. I said yeah. time and time again, I'm so sick of whatever. I'm so sick of being fat. I'm so sick of being tired. I'm so sick of that wasn't getting me anywhere. And so working with, through NLP and working with a coach, I shifted that motivation strategy into a toward motivation of, you know what, I have a great long life ahead of me and I have great things that I want to do and get to do in my life. And I get to take care of the vessel that's going to get me there. And shifting that allowed me to create healthy boundaries and habits. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the pound, you know, the pounds, they're flying off and, and the pounds aren't the success, right? It's how I feel. I just told you earlier, I jump out of bed every morning. Mm -hmm. That That's mm -hmm. not just work related. You know, I feel better and younger than I have in 30 years. <laughs> 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 that's that's phenomenal so so on this self-love topic you know it it's it's really important for people to understand that success all-encompassing in business in finances in health in relationships it all starts with you you are the common denominator in every one of those equations and if any one of those equations is faltering, you have the honor and the privilege and the gift to look in the mirror and ask what part of this equation am I contributing to? And reality is it's 100%. Because like you said, cause and effect, you can be empowered or you can be disempowered, right? So you keep bringing up NLP and, and you know, yes, you are one of our students and and I, I I typically don't talk a lot about neurolinguistics programming on the show. You know, we talk about success, we talk about mindset, and they the, the listeners hear me talk about how sales is a science and how mm -hmm. success is a science. And the science is the science of human behavior, understanding self so that you can understand others, understanding that every ounce of behavior that you generate is created by you, programmed in you, deployed by you, and creates the results that you are directly responsible for creating. And all of it is a choice. It may be an unconscious program, but it's a choice to not do something about it or do something about it, right? Mm -hmm. So can we kind of step back because I don't talk a lot about NLP in here. And, you know, I, I, I share with our listeners on a continual basis that, that we make millionaires. We, we really do people double, triple, quadruple 
their, their incomes and it's relatively quickly and it's relatively simple. And reality is you're the common denominator. So can we talk about your journey in NLP a little bit? since you keep bringing it up. <laughs> sure, of course, yeah. I'm super passionate about NLP. I had no idea what NLP was until it was introduced to me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's changed my life and it's easy change. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it is simple. You know, I heard you say that success is simple and I feel that now, I can agree with that now. Mm. Um, you know, after, some of our early interactions in NLP, you know, I started to put some healthy boundaries in place and you say, you know, that it's all connected and that, you know, the common denom denominator is me. Well, one of the biggest kind of fears I had or um, concerns that I had was if I take any time away from my work, I will see less success. That was a if then statement I had created for myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I actually found the exact opposite. So when I first started investing in my health journey, again, after I had shifted that motivation, um, I had, had created those healthy boundaries and I did more sales in the month, the first month that I had those healthy boundaries that I was going to the gym every day than I had in, that whole previous year. Mm -hmm. um, just recently, I <laughs> made another investment in my health coaching and joined a new gym. And in that same week, I sold a record breaking deal <laughs> in our organization. <laughs> and so to tell me that those aren't directly correlated, I can't, I, I just can't agree. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And so I've seen that content, sorry, I've seen that, you know, continuous progress through my NLP journey is the more that I kind of dig in and realize what programs were there that were mm -hmm. operating that I wasn't even aware of mm -hmm. being able to redirect those limiting programs, those things that were holding me back, my blind spots, if you will. Yeah and being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to work through those quickly mm -hmm. has led to that, that quick of success. Mm. So let's talk about healthy boundaries and blind spots. And then I want to get back on how else NLP has helped you. Yeah. So, so these, these healthy boundaries, ironically, you, uh, you deployed one on me when I reached out to you because of all the successes that you kept happening. You're like, Stacy, boundaries, healthy boundaries are really important to me. And this is the only time I have available, which was perfect, right? Because I wholeheartedly believe in taking care of self so we can take care of others, right? Yeah. Healthy boundaries need to exist personally and professionally. Healthy boundaries need to exist internally and externally, right? You have to, need to, get to apply boundaries to self so that you can apply to others. You know, so many people engage in instant gratification and then it hinders their long-term gratification. Mm -hmm. If you can establish boundaries, we'll call it self-discipline mm -hmm. on the money you spend now, 
you'll be able to have more later. Now that's not saying to create an area of depriving yourself. It's just, you see, you know, we brought up the credit cards, we brought up the Lambos, the Range Rovers, you know, people, people just because you can qualify for credit doesn't mean that you should embark in credit, right? (laughs) So, so when you're dealing with boundaries, you want to look at every area of your life, look at externally, where you say yes too many times, and you probably should say no. And then look internally, where you say yes too many times, and it would probably serve you to say no more frequently, like sitting through a drive through at Starbucks or, or fast food, right? You, you heard me jokingly say you can't get a million dollar body from the dollar menu, mm-hmm. right? So reality is having those boundaries for self makes it easier to apply to others. And it's important to make sure that you do it in every area. I also, those blind spots, let's talk about how blind spots held you back. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to go back to the vulnerability piece. That was my, I think that was my biggest blind spot that I, I, (laughs) it's funny because I, you probably laugh too, because knowing me, I'm a kinesthetic person. I Mm -hmm. operate with high levels of feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And one of my biggest blind spots was that I was stuffing that down for years and years and years. Um, it, it kind of fits the same theme as the ego and the imposter syndrome is in the environments that I was in, I felt like there was not room for emotions. I felt like if I had emotions or I was vulnerable, that would be what would set me apart and reveal a weakness in those environments. Mm-hmm. And getting to know myself so well through NLP, I've embraced that I'm kinesthetic. That is what I think allows me to connect to anyone, including a a wall (laughs) or anything, you know, quickly. And that is what allows me to be a good salesperson and be a good leader and be a good friend. Um, You know, all of those things, that kinesthetic piece is so cool that, Mm -hmm. you know, I get that that's how I am. Mm -hmm. And um, that has allowed me to be vulnerable in a space and also be in check with my emotions so that they're warranted. I can I can handle emotions because I warrant them to arise when they arise and I feel them when I feel them and then I move through. Nice. Nice. So let's 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 go back and 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 I want to I want to comment on that 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 vulnerability process. Mm-hmm. You know, the more the more vulnerable you allow yourself to be, the more human and connectable you become to people in all areas of your life, business, professional, and relational, personal, right? However, that level of vulnerability, in order for someone to to truly show up in that phase of transparency, you have to be so comfortable in your skin, so comfortable in your vessel that you completely 100% understand other people's opinions of you as none of your business. Because if you're showing up 
with 100% servant heart, mm-hmm. with the greater good of everyone, including yourself, with healthy boundaries internally and externally, then you completely understand that other people's opinions is nothing more than an external projection of lessons they get to learn. And to be able to stand in that vulnerability and that transparency is very, very freeing. Mm -hmm. And that creates this air of confidence that becomes this magnet that attracts people to you. Because let's face it, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, right? Mm -hmm. And that line has to do with the foundation you stand on. If it's a foundation of vulnerability, transparency, congruency, and alignment, then you're confident. If it's a platform or a foundation of masks and and false representation and incongruencies and unauthenticity, then, well, that's kind of where the arrogance comes from, Mm -hmm. right? So let's go back and how else has NLP impacted your life personally and professionally? Yeah, so I think the easiest thing for people to grasp is financially. Um, (laughs) You know, I started, when I started NLP, I was not making a lot of money um, by anyone's standards. I mean, I I was living, I was surviving, I was, you know, paying my bills, I guess. (laughs) Um, And I wasn't making a lot of money. And I have a lot of skills and experience and worth to offer. And NLP allowed me to really step into myself and be my biggest cheerleader and highlight the things that I could bring to the table. And, you know, now I've tripled my income. I had a limiting belief that, you know, I was, um, I was making enough for my age. I was doing okay for my age. And I now make over six figures at, mm-hmm. at my age, you know, and that's mm-hmm. freaking cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'll say, welcome to the two comma club, your next journey. The next yeah. step is the three comma club, right? Yep. <laughs> I'm ready. so you know you keep bringing up coaching Mm -hmm. so you know coaching coaching allows people to uh, really see themselves truly see who you are and how you are it it helps expose blind spots it expedites success right Mm -hmm. so uh, could you imagine your life without engaging in coaching no the short answer is no. <laughs> um, I, you know, I didn't used to know really what working with a coach meant or what that really looked like. Um, what I thought coaching was, was somebody was just going to ask me a bunch of questions. And, you know, I had this belief that, okay, they're just going to ask me a bunch of questions that I don't know the answer to, because if I knew the answer, I would just do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so different than that. Um, The beauty of coaching is the accountability piece, both in your, like both from your coach, but also to yourself. Um, Having a coach with strong coaching skills will allow you to move 
in and out of challenges that you're presented with quickly. And without a coach, it would take you that much longer to work through whatever you're present, whatever challenges you're presented with, um, because you can't see, you know, I don't, you'll have to remind me of that phrase, but like, if you're in the picture, you can't see, or <laughs> if you're phrase. in the picture, you can't see the frame. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, you know, those, it, it goes back to those blind spots. Like you need a coach and someone to help you call you on your crap to, move forward. And for me, you know, I have a lot of life to live and I want to have a lot of fun and I have a lot of big goals and yeah. I don't, frankly, I don't have time to sit in my crap Yeah. <laughs> and working with a coach is what has allowed me to address those things head on and work through them quickly. And really it's just adding tools back to my tool belt to be successful in every area. Yeah. I mean, you you can preach that all day long. Reality is, I, I look to thrive in every area of my life. And for me, I have sought out coaches in every area of my life to help me identify the blind spots, help me, help me call BS on BS before it, before I go through this journey of, of unserving my goals, my dreams, my desires, right? For me, it allows me to be the best I can potentially be in every area. Is it an investment? It absolutely is. Is it worth it? It has paid me back tenfold. Even in areas where there's no correlation to compensation, right? Like when I, when I, I, I have a coach for my health. I have a coach for my spirituality to really help me fine tune my meditation. And I, I, I mean, neither one of those are directly related to my bank account and every one of them are directly related to my bank account because the more I really focus on being the best version of myself, the more I end up showing up as a better version. Now, look, my mindset coach, my business coach, my financial coach, my marketing coach, every one of them are directly related to my bank account. And I got to tell you, for every $1 I have invested in that has paid me back tenfold. When people attempt to navigate their life or their business or their financial success or their wealth alone, without an expert, without a coach, they're only going to get as far as their knowledge can potentially allow them to. And I'll lovingly say when we're part of the problem, we'll never be part of the solution. Because like you said, when you're in the picture, you'll never see the frame, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when you really look back at your journey, because, you know, you, you've had, you, you were raised in, in a driven, disciplined, successful environment, you dipped your toe in entrepreneurism, you have climbed the corporate ladder, you know, you have big, huge goals for the future. I mean, you, you've shared them with me. These are, these are big ass, hairy goals, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so what is, what, what advice can you give to someone who is just starting out? Put your personal first. Personal has to, must, gets to come first. 
I have heard, you know, throughout the years, time and time again, people who are on a professional journey or are on a um, really anything outside of personal or health or mindset journey say, you know, that's just not my thing right now. That's not my focus right now. I'm not on a health journey right now. And I, you know, kind of laugh and just say, all right, let me know how that works out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because what I realize now is you can't have one without the other. And your personal has to come first and gets to come first. And when it does, everything else will come into play. Mm-hmm. I believe, I believe that you can do both simultaneously. Yeah. I, I believe, like I said, that the personal drives the professional so that the professional can serve the personal. And I believe that there is that way that you can achieve focusing on both and developing both. Because let's face it, both are going to be in support of each other and or both will be against each other. You know, so many people do that whole tug of war. I want the most successful business ever. I want to be the the best spouse or partner or parent ever. And then they just become this frayed rope in tug of war, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you, truly, you truly learn through the, through the journey that life is a harmony and it's a harmony of every area of life to find that, that boundary that, that gets to be honored so that you can be the best version of yourself and have fun while you make money and then make money so that you can have even more fun being the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. What seriously could be better than that, right? Absolutely. So Taylor, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is what does selling without selling mean to you? Selling is really just a conversation mm. that may or may not lead to another conversation. It's as simple as that. I believe that buyers these days are ready to buy. Mm -hmm. Um, They're looking for someone to partner with in that conversation to help them come to terms that they're making the right decision in that purchase, in that buying instance. Mm -hmm. And so being able to show up in in the highest level of emotional intelligence and your truest self in that space where you can be vulnerable and knowing it's just a conversation, selling's easy. Yeah, selling's simple, it's a science, right? Yep. And, and, and it's funny because the only way that you can truly have that conversation is if you allow yourself to be present, mm, right? Yeah. And the only way you can be present is if you're focused on their needs, their wants, their desires, their pain points. When you're focused on your bank account and your bills and your needs, then you're incapable of really hearing them, hearing the meaning behind the meaning, really paying attention to 100% of what they're communicating, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that answer. Thank you. So welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues and I like to... I like to extract uh, different things from our expert guests so that our listeners can go, wow, I really like that. I want to apply that to to me, my life, my business, whatever. So uh, I got two questions for you. Mm -hmm. Question number one is what is your favorite word and why? 
So this, <laughs> this must be the kinesthetic in me. The first word that comes to mind is love. Mm. Um, I think it's what makes the world go round. And it's been a common theme of our conversation today. You know, that self-love piece allows you to show up and love other things in your life, other people in your life. It allows you to love your job or your, you know, your, um, your professional space. It allows you to love, love is just what makes the world go round. I think that's, that's my favorite word. Yeah. You know, when, when you come from a space of love and, and it's one of my favorite words, when you come from a space of love, it allows you to show up unconditionally in a space of service. Mm -hmm. And when you truly love yourself, it allows others to connect, like you, know you, trust you, love you even more, even faster. Mm -hmm. And when you sit in that space of self-love, then the self-worth gets elevated, the self-confidence gets elevated, the ability to invest in self becomes effortless because you don't settle for excuses. You look for solutions. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. So my last random round question for you is what does your morning routine look like? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's funny. That's something that I, um, it changes, it, it, you know, it, it changes depending on where I am in my life at that point in time. I think probably the most common denominators are I wake up and spend some time with myself. So whether that's in thought, prayer, meditation, um, I avoid hopping right into it. I avoid, you know, hopping right into those emails, right into um, on the computer, on social media. I spend time with myself. And that allows me to feel so, you know, certain ways. So some of the words that I like to focus on feeling in the morning is I want to feel present. I want to feel grounded and I want to feel connected. Hmm. And, you know, it's not, it's not a long time. It's spending, you know, that 10 or 15 minutes to really just connect with myself allows me to start my day. And, um, starting my day like that allows me to keep the rest of the day in check. So, you know, making sure that I'm prioritizing and scheduling in advance, a schedule that serves me, that allows me to serve my clients and allows me to fit in the things like the healthy boundaries that I, that I mentioned earlier, you know, being able to make time for the gym and grocery shopping and things that are going to help me fuel myself so that I can in turn serve others. Um, that all starts with that morning piece. I love that. Thank you for that. Taylor, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I know your schedule. I know how busily productive you are. And I know that you really took time out to allocate for us for today. And thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there.
Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15 minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.